Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. China is now protesting the West's sanctions against Russia. Xi Jinping clearly aligned with his strategic partner, Vladimir Putin. President Biden on his way this week to attend the NATO summit in Brussels, more military aid to Ukraine, more sanctions against Russia on the agenda. And the United Nations now says 10 million Ukrainians have fled their country, a fourth of Ukraine's population. President Biden facing the strongest attacks yet from Republicans who are demanding investigations of the long-suppressed laptop and its contents. Its owner, of course, the president's son, Hunter. This is The Great America Show, and welcome. Thanks for being with us. Russian forces are consolidating their advances throughout Ukraine. They now have surrounded Maripol and are demanding surrender of the city. While the onslaught and bombardment enter a fourth week, the two sides continue their talks. They're far from achieving anything substantive. Zelensky wants to meet Putin face to face. Putin says he's willing to join the talks personally at some point. He didn't say what his conditions are or what must be done for those face-to-face talks to actually occur. As President Biden prepares to head for the NATO summit, he finds himself the target of increasingly incensed Republicans, many of whom are calling for full investigations of the Biden family now because of the evidence on Hunter's laptop, because of the intelligence community's complicity in what was, without a doubt, a cover-up led by corporate news outlets, Facebook, Twitter, and big tech, and of course, the FBI that sat on it for two years. A lot to investigate. Our guest today is best-selling author, investigative journalist, senior fellow at the Hudson Institute, Lee Smith, author of The Plot to Overthrow the President and The Permanent Coup. Lee, thanks for being with us here on The Great America Show. Lou, thank you uh, again for inviting me on. It's always an enormous pleasure and always great fun to uh, to be on with you. So thanks so much again. It's absolutely reciprocal. Thank you. Uh, Zelensky, uh, before, mm. uh, before Congress, uh, speaking uh, alternately Churchillian and then mm. uh, as some sort of uh, neoliberal uh, early post-World War II, trying to create new institutions globally, for the preservation of peace. It was an astounding performance. Your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, looking at what's happening on the ground, I mean, it, it's sort of like Zelensky is speaking, uh, I wouldn't say against history, but contrary to history, right? And I'm, I'm thinking specifically about NATO here. If NATO is intended or was intended through the Cold War to prevent uh, war in Europe. And what we have now is war in Europe. There's something wrong. 
Uh, and it's not just the problem with NATO that uh, that it's not just that NATO is a patent failure. Um, it's also that that the purpose of NATO and the and American strategic interest and the in, the interest, the very serious interest we have in stability in Europe, including Eastern Europe, needs to be rethought. So the idea that Zelensky is basically speaking to Cold War era. America and Cold War era Europe doesn't really make sense, especially when we understand the nature of the uh, the nature of the regime now sitting atop the American government. Atop the American government, and it is a regime that devi- defies uh, expectations. It defies description currently, uh, and ha- and frankly, I, I think most of us have very little uh, idea as to where this all ends up. Uh, with with this hard left, uh, even Marxist administration no. driving an agenda that is simply designed to crush institutions to crush traditions and uh, invert American history from exceptionalism to dependency, uh, from great achievements to passivity. Uh, Your thoughts about the forces that we are contending with as we have the the leader of Ukraine, uh, whose country has valiantly uh, held off the Russian army, but at the same time, we're engaged in a great, a great confrontation in this country as well, aren't we? Yes, absolutely. And I think that um, I, I, the, the real tragedy, I think, unfolding here is I don't think that uh, Zelensky or many of the other forces understand what's going on. I mean, what, what, I mean what we, I, I'm sure you and I will go into some detail here and, and lay it out, but I'll just say right now on the surface, one of the things that most people appear to be missing is that while Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden and his validators and the press of, are painting a, a portrait of a great American president who is calling on NATO to summon all of their powers, and of course, nothing is happening. And, and I'm not saying that things should be happening. I don't think that the United States should be making war on Russia's border. The reality is, is that while Biden is uh, employing this hortatory rhetoric and while Zelensky appears to, to believe this stuff, in fact, the uh, Biden administration intends to flood Vladimir Putin's war chest with, war, with more money. As many of your listeners will know, uh, it's the Russians who are negotiating with the Americans in Vienna over the Iran nuclear deal. Uh, so what's been going on for several months, uh, and, and, and I, think this is, I think this is another way to understand the onset of the Ukrainian war. So we wonder, well, what, what, why now? Right? What, what was going on now? Why did Putin decide to um, to launch this invasion now? And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that that Putin understood how important the Iran deal was to the Biden administration. And therefore, uh, as much as the Biden administration would want to respond, would want to start to sanction the Russians, would want to do probably everything short of military force. Putin understood that the Americans were greatly constrained by their own need. And by the way, the particularly foolish need. Uh, 
which is about giving the Iranians a nuclear weapons program. Right. And we can go into that in a little more detail. Um, I, I just think that, as you said, talking about the nature of this regime, the the, the deceptions, the misdirections. So, I mean, you know, they, they, they put Volodymyr Zelensky in the middle and, and they, they stage a show in the middle of Washington, D.C., while what's going on in Vienna, not just on the ground in in Ukraine, what's going on in Vienna, that's the real show. That tells you who the Biden administration is. That tells you what the regime is like. They want to give a terrorist state the nuclear bomb. And once those sanctions are off the Iranians, they're going to go out and they're going to buy arms from Putin. They're going to buy nuclear expertise from Putin. They're going to flood his war chest. That's the real show that's going on, not um, not what Joe Biden says on uh, on on the on the nightly news or his fake press conferences. And you know why give Iran? Why would the even the uh, often perverse, uh, perversely guided Biden administration want Iran to have a nuclear weapon? You know, I, I, I still do a, a fair amount of foreign policy writing and foreign policy analysis. But yes, I know sure. during the Obama during the Obama years, when when we were looking at the uh, Iran deal, when we were looking at why Obama wanted to do it. I mean, and, you know, it, it appeared that there was a, a stupid purpose, but there was a strategic rationale for it, which was to try to establish a balance of power in the Middle East between uh, Iran and the other powers, including Israel and Saudi Arabia. Again, I, I, I thought it was a very bad idea. I thought it was a, a, a foolish idea. But Lou, after the stuff that you and I have been looking at for the last five years, uh, which includes what's been going on here at home, yes. whether this is, uh, whether it was Russiagate, uh, whether it's the impeachment of Donald Trump, whether it's uh, January 6th, whether it's the COVID, uh, COVID, uh, the COVID as an instrument used against uh, Americans, I, 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 my assessment right now is much starker and much plainer. Barack Obama wanted to give a nuclear bomb to an anti-American regime. It, it's it, it's that everyone that you and I have have, have looked at over the last. 15 years and said, eh, you know, I'm not an Obama fan, but that seems to be taking it too far that he just hates America. Those people were right. People, people like me who are trying to come up with some sort of um, strategic or political rationale, I think we were wrong. I think the fact is it's an emotional, psychological response. And look, there are plenty of people who hate America. New York City hosts hundreds of thousands of them. So the fact that a person like that is controlling important aspects of the American government probably shouldn't come as that much of a surprise. But certainly what we've seen the last five years domestically here should give us some sort of indication, as you were saying. I mean, these people just want to burn everything down, American institutions, American prestige. So that's what I think. That's what I think is going on. That's what I think is going on with the Iran deal. Why Joe, while Joe Biden is pretending to be a noble uh, and galvanizing force at the head of a pro-Western alliance, there's something else going on, which is about undermining and destroying the values of the West, the values that this country is built on. And within the United States, uh, there was a time 
in the 20s and 30s uh, and 40s, people talked of fifth columns as uh, mm -hmm. as enemies built up, forces within, mm -hmm. a, a, an enemy's uh, society, uh, economy, and body politic. Yeah. There isn't a like expression for what is going on here. Uh, there is fifth column, but most people can't uh, yeah. figure out the. I mean, they just it, it doesn't seem relevant to our time as a as a term. Uh, but it's it's more relevant, in my opinion, hmm. today yeah. than ever before, because there is a an aggregation of aligned interests, whether it's Wall Street, uh, the corporatists, right. uh, the the elites of our country, whether in academia uh, or, or mm -hmm. government or politics. Uh, that have formed up against uh, our our nation's heritage, uh, its culture, uh, yeah. and its its history. It's it's a to me a, a, an unthinkable uh, evil uh, aggregation, but it is an aggregation that can be measured, that is present, and it is dangerous. This is a, I think this is essential. This is a this is essential. I think for the. Um, for our neighbors, our communities, our fellow Americans to understand, um, you know, when you hear different, when, you know, when we hear different people, uh, you know, commentators, uh, you know, on the right, but I prefer to things of pro-American commentators, pro-American journalists, pro-American officials, and, and they point rightly, I believe, they say, well, you know, our real, our real problems are here at home with, with this regime. Right, because this is the regime that is locking up, uh, locking up um, Americans for January sixth, for people exercising their First Amendment rights, for issuing these in insane um, vaccine mandates. This is our problem, and I agree that is the priority. However, we should not confuse that with the fact that we do have real adversaries abroad. And those at the here, the here is the key fact, which is which is what you were saying, that the people who are hounding us here are in fact partnered with our adversaries abroad. That's why they want to give Iran the nuclear bomb. That's why I mean, right now, I mean, it's just taken for granted. There's nothing we can do about the U.S. economy being inextricably linked to that of the Chinese Communist Party. Right. And that's because we hear this messaging because everyone is in bed with the Chinese. It's just, everyone just takes it as a matter of fact, well, there's nothing we can do. So we're just gonna keep going on and doing it like this. If you look, I was just checking last night because you know, if you try to buy anything in this country, especially if you try to buy it on Amazon, uh, you almost, I mean, you're, it's, it's coming from China. It's made in China. So if you're gonna make a decent effort to find something not made in China, um, it's hard. So I went and I looked to see these different, um, this one particular item, a Fitbit, to see uh, if this was made in China. And in 2019, in the fall of 2019, October 2019, Fitbit announced that because of Trump's tariffs and because of Trump's trade war, it was going to start moving its operations out of China, its manufacturing out of China. And then I went through and I saw all the other different companies. I saw that Apple at a certain point was going to try to move a lot of its operations out of China, the other places in Asia. Um, but a whole bunch of different companies were terrified by what, Don, by what Donald Trump was doing, right? Saying, no, we've got to get out of China. We've got to decouple ourselves from China. 
And he was actually doing it. And this is what terrified these people. And Lou, I think, I think if we were to lay out a map, put down a timeline, I think this is a large part of the war on Donald Trump. Donald yes. Trump was threatening the interest of the establishment, much, much of which are tied to foreign powers. So again, that's, this is why I think, look, we are right to prioritize and say our problem, <clears throat> our immediate problem here at home is Biden's DOJ. It's Biden's FBI. That's true. Except Biden's DOJ also gave a pass to Chinese espionage. So again, I think we need to understand that the bad guys abroad, it's not just that they have bad intentions and they hate America, but our domestic opponents are tied to the bad guys abroad. And to that point uh, about China, we know the Chinese have more front companies, more spies in this country than any other nation on earth. Uh, they may have more spies in our country than we have spies in our country. Uh, it is, it is again, oh, definitely, yeah. it is stupefying to think that the Justice Department pulled and dissolved uh, its organization uh, to, uh, to prosecute. Uh, specifically Chinese nationals who were working in this country, but also working for the CCP and the PLA right. while they were here. And they decided to retire that idea because it was uh, apparently an affront to the communist oh, yeah. Chinese who are spying here and have been doing so for better part of four decades. The Chinese press, after this happened, the Chinese press took credit for it. They said the foreign ministry and the Chinese uh, embassy in Washington lodged complaints with the Biden administration. And that's why the Biden administration moved. It's obscene. But look, the, the thing is, you're right. There are more Chinese spies here than there are American spies. That's that's absolutely the issue. And it was set up like that. And do you know who did it? It was the academic establishment. It was yep. legislators. It was the business establishment. So they get a whole bunch of cheap foreign labor. Right. They get a whole bunch of cheap foreign labor to work uh, in big tech. Do you know there are 13000 FBI agents? And even if they're doing the right thing, even if they're not spying on uh, the Donald Trump campaign, even if they're not targeting parents or uh, opposition journalists, let's assume let's let's assume they're all, all doing the right thing. Thirteen thousand of them compared to the hundreds of thousands of students from the People's Republic of right. China. I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm sure a lot of these kids come over and they actually want to study. But guess what? They don't have a choice. They only get out of their country if the government in Beijing says, yes, provided you do this, provided you do that. But who set it up? The Chinese didn't force us to have hundreds of thousands of, of, of their students. It was our people who set it up this way. So that's what I mean. What I'm saying, our enemies abroad have partnered with our opponents here in the United States. And that's who's that's who's eating at us. And I do believe that's a major reason why they went after Donald Trump. I I couldn't agree with you more. And it's it's so obvious to those who will look to see the alignment of uh, Donald Trump's enemies with the interest of, in particular, uh, the CCP and communist China. Mm -hmm. 
And it's also interesting to look at the disinformation, the psychological warfare, uh, mm -hmm. the propaganda that was constructed uh, to blunt that relationship between yes. Wall Street and corporatist elite uh, business, uh, business roundtable right. chamber. Uh, suddenly, there was a, a plan in 2016 hatched, as mm -hmm. you well know, uh, to, to connect Donald Trump to Vladimir Putin and to right. portray him as a, uh, as an agent of, of the, mm -hmm. of the, of the Russians, uh, the feared Russians. While in point of fact, what we had most to fear were Xi Jinping and, and communist right. China. It's, it's, it's just, you, you watch this and you think, my gosh, if for having laid this all out, not one of our investigators in the Justice Department, the CIA, the NSA, mm -hmm. DIA, uh, you name it, not one of our foreign intelligence agencies, not one of our domestic law enforcement national security agencies had the capacity to understand mm -hmm. through uh, whether it's counterterrorism, counterinsurgency. Uh, it is amazing to me that we didn't have, first of all, a whistleblower of any kind. But secondly, that yeah. we didn't have any talent that could put all of this together and see it for the conspiracy it was. I mean, you know, you, you, you'll remember the um, as uh, John Radcliffe, as you know, as the Trump administration is coming to a close, uh, the director of national intelligence, John Radcliffe, produced a memo. It was an inspector, uh, inspector general's report showing that CIA management, meaning at the time CIA director Gina Haspel, had pressured different analysts uh, a report on election interference right. uh, in the 2020 election on election interference. Many of these analysts believe that China did play a very uh, a very sizable role. There was pressure coming from Haspel and CIA management to lessen uh, or or to uh, to ameliorate that assessment and why the rationale given was they they didn't want those assessments used to promote Trump's policies. In other words, they didn't want, they were against Trump going hard on China. It's astonishing that the American intelligence community, it's not just, it's it, it's worse than, than them missing it. Many of them missed it. There were some of them who are actively Participate who are actively backing Chinese interests against the United States. Mark Milley. This is astonishing, but it tells you how far this country has gone, or not the country. God, God, God bless our great neighbors and our great fellow Americans. How far the corruption has gone in the Beltway. Mm -hmm. When Mark Milley and 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 Bob Woodward's book boasts. Uh, uh, boast. Oh, yeah. You know, things were looking crazy with Donald Trump. So I called my uh, I called my uh, People's Liberation Army counterpart and I said, hey, <laughs> if anything bad happens, I'll give you a heads up. And, and, and he, he was celebrated. Right. No one said, wait a minute. We have here one of the top military officials in the country who is openly boasting that he would share classified information regarding troop movements. With an enemy, with a potential enemy combatant, this guy has to go. At the very least, he must be fired. We we're pro we probably have to we probably have to investigate this now. This is a very serious thing. But it just tells you who these people are. That this was actually celebrated instead of people saying, "Wait a minute, 
what's happening? What what's happened with the people who are supposed to be governing this country? This is madness. It, it's not just incompetence anymore. It's madness. And and, and the the left, the radical Democrat, uh, Marxist driven Democratic Party up against the Republican Party is not a fair fight. The Republican Party yeah. is not gifted intellectually. They yeah. are, are talented uh, in governance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and yeah. and worse, they're cowards, and they're lazy, yeah. and they're la- and I'm talking about principally the leadership uh, of the Republican yeah. Party. But for for them to be the countervailing influence in this society of ours, a two party system. They're barely a quasi-party. They're not a semi-party. They're a quasi-party. And this is one of the difficulties. They're bought off by the... Actually, if they knew how cheaply they had been bought by comparison to what (laughs) communist China has invested, I I mean, they would be even even probably... (laughs) Well, they would be crestfallen, but they they certainly uh, would uh, be chagrined at the very least. I mean, you go through. I I I, I um, urge your your listeners to go through and just look at the amount, uh, for instance, that Pfizer has spent in Washington. Yeah. How many lobbyists they have? I mean, it, it it looks like a lot of money, and it's a lot of money. Except compare it to how much Pfizer made. Right. right to how much Pfizer made through. I mean, the whole thing. Right. What people won't say, but is obvious to everyone's like. Are you kidding me? So uh, they have the president of the United States who is basically working for Pfizer, who has controls of the federal government and says everyone has to everyone has to get these vaccines or else you can't work. You uh, you, you can't uh, you can't do anything. I mean, yeah. right. And, and, the, and the fact that and, and the fact that the Republican Party, which is supposed to be the instrument of the pro-America side of American society is totally uh, bought off as well and for so little. It's astonishing. And the really dangerous thing about it is this is supposed to be another one of our checks and balances, right? Not just the three branches of government, but Democrats and Republicans. And that's supposed to be an instrument that's supposed to bring about deterrence. And what happens if there is no deterrence? That you have, as you say, a, a radical, insane left doing these things to the American public, and no one is protecting them. Well, leadership will arise. Uh, leadership is definitely leadership is definitely coming about, and I certainly hope that that leadership, um, the leadership that is rising, will be um, responsible and will make its uh, will make its points and will make its arguments through as 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 peaceful as possible, especially given all of the violence employed against Trump supporters. But I I think this is a very important thing. If the Republican Party cannot establish deterrence, they're pushing us toward a very, very dangerous situation, right? If instead they're going to join with the Democrats to to crush Americans, as they often uh, did during the Trump years, as they often are now, it's a very dangerous situation. We need Republicans. I mean, not, not just to help defend the country by checking Democrat excesses. It's just madness if they won't. No. What that will lead to in this country is disaster. And Mitt Romney stepping forward Oof. and lining up with the only Republican in the Senate 
which is actually something yeah. of a small miracle itself, uh, to to line up with mandates of the Democrats. I guess a Republican Party that's at least beginning to come to its senses on the issue yes. of science, the relationship to public health policy, yeah. and the necessity of watching why people are motivated uh, to uh, be so energetic in removing public rights, uh, our constitutional rights, in the name of public health. Uh, it, this should not happen again, but it's still persisting. It's still, there is a dogged, uh, determination on the part of some local officials, some yeah. state officials, some federal officials to uh, right. uh, focus on COVID still and use it as a, a, a bludgeon, a, a, a hammer uh, against uh, citizen rights. And it's, it's ending, but my gosh, people should look around and say, you know what? The so-called dissidents were right the whole time. <laughs> yeah. the, the conspiracy right. theories, you know, it was a theory, but the facts and the theory happened to match up. So right. There we right. are. You talk, you talk about Mitt Romney. I would love to know. I would, I, I would just love to know who told him that that was a good idea, right? Like who put in a phone call to Senator Mitt Romney's office or, or who grabbed his ear at a certain point? Who took him out to dinner and said, you know what? Let's keep forcing people to wear masks on airplanes. That's a real winner. Yeah, that's well, you got you know to It had to be somebody, <laughs> uh, either I don't know whether man or woman on his staff, but right. it had to be the same person that said, Hey, why don't we go out there and march with the BLM? Uh, they seem like a nice yeah. group of people yeah. to be associated <laughs> right. with. Another, another genius move, right? Hey, Mitt, you're, you're, you're quite white. I think that we can help you by having you go out there and, and march and, and, and promote a vi and promote a violent group. That's really going to help you a lot. Yeah. It's, I, but again, w the nature of the conversations that happen in Washington, and unfortunately, this this brings us back to the, you know, um, you know, President Zelensky's speech in front of Congress. What are people talking about inside the Beltway? What is it about? What is it about their own constituents they don't understand? Which of their constituents? Who? Um, who among? Mitt Romney's constituents is saying, you know, you're right. What's happening in Eastern Europe right now is the most important thing to us. Other things are 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 not that big a concern. It just yeah. uh, again, it, the all these things are reflections of this very small and and fairly uh, shockingly ignorant place um, on the east coast of the United States, yeah. where um, where where unfortunately our, our elected officials and our policymakers work and reside. And you have to wonder, do the, do the good people of Utah really want a democratic Senator? Because that's what they've got uh, in yeah. Mitt Romney. He is a full on right. Democrat, uh, but we should have known that <laughs> from his record. As I know. Governor of Massachusetts. <laughs> I know. I know. We should have known that in 2012. I mean, exactly. you know, when, when we go back and think about it, I, I mean, it, it's 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 a terrible but also terrific irony. You know, all of the, the establishment Republicans like, oh, Donald Trump, he's an outsider. He's not really a conservative, doesn't really believe the stuff we believe. And as it turns out, Donald Trump in 2016 gets in there and does conservative things, whether he believed in them or not. But before that, we had all these different people 
presidents like George W. Bush, candidates like John McCain and Mitt Romney said, oh, yeah, we're genuine, authentic conservatives. And at the the first moment that they could fold, they folded. Donald, Donald Trump, Donald Trump stood his ground. And of course, that's another the reason why uh, why he was swarmed. All right, absolutely, and had to be uh, uh, expelled uh, because he he was uh, he was a threat uh, to every quarter of the establishment, left, right, uh, north, south. Uh, every establishment interest was in fact uh, in the swamp, uh, and he would not go near it. Uh, except to try to expunge it. And uh, as you say, that's why 2020 had to happen and unfold the way it did, right. uh, because the Democrats knew there was only one way uh, to get uh, to get to Donald Trump. I I, 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 you... I, I just oh. go ahead. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. Well, no, I just wanted to say one thing about Donald Trump, because I, I, I imagine that maybe to some listeners, people think it's kind of crazy to talk about the former president. Though of course, it, it seems more than likely that he'll be running in 2024. But I, I, I think the reason that, you know, I, I, I know of your, you know you, that you knew uh, you've known Mr. Trump for a long time and you've written about him a lot and spoken with him a lot. And so I, I don't intend to speak for you. I, I'll just speak for me. I think that one of the reasons that I refer to Donald Trump so much is because uh, for all his many flaws, but his flaws are human. We're all human. We're all flawed. That it's it's not just Donald Trump. He represents something. It's not just that he represented. He continues to represent something great um, and strong and proud and independent about this country. So I think that's one of the reasons that I, I know I, ref, I that I know I refer to him. I see him as something, you know, not just an interesting character and an important and in many ways great president, but also as a touchstone. So I think a lot of people, a lot of people are are, are despondent or and rightly so or upset right now. The different, you know, the, the 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 unconstitutional, the criminal attacks on Americans coming from this this regime and in particular the Biden government at the head of it. It's just disgusting. And to remind people that we are Americans and that we are a people of great resilience and resourcefulness. And, um, and, and again, that, that's why I like talking about and thinking about Donald Trump, because he seems to be a touchstone for that, to remind, you know, to help remind people that, that our leadership will come from ourselves and our own communities and who we are, and as we stand up, uh, as we stand up for ourselves and, and our loved ones and, and our great and beloved country. Yeah, I, I, well said. And I, again, I agree with you absolutely uh, about Donald Trump. It's one of the reasons you were talking about his, his record, what he accomplished, what he, uh, I think, still intends to accomplish. I am one of those mm-hmm. who, I, I, I can't tell whether this is a judgment or a hope, but I truly believe he is uh, going to run in 2024. Uh, part of that fervent belief is built on my uh, my uh, you know my absolute commitment to this country because I believe yeah. he's the leader that we still need, and I wish so yep. desperately uh, that we had had better judgment and had avoided what transpired on the on tw- in 2020. Uh, I I also think, uh, as you said, uh, he was a, spe- a sp- he had two words that he uttered uh, 
that electrified the nation and brought into alignment the thinking of left and right and some opposed and some for. But when he said America first, do you remember yeah. how the left-wing media oh, started yeah. hooting and howling and yeah. praying? And, right. and and on the at the center and on the right, people were saying, my God, that has a ring to it. Yeah. That is yeah, right. Those are the words I've been waiting for. And uh, right. they are the, the, the words I think most patriots, nearly all patriots, I would think, uh, it, you know, we believe in, uh, we thrive on, and we, we understand to our, to our very souls. Uh, Lee Smith, thanks for being with us, sir. You get the last quick word here, and if you, uh, as is our custom. Uh, well, well, that's really nice. Here. Well, I... I well, thanks. I, I, I wanted to thank uh, thank you again. Again, it's always a, a pleasure and great fun to spe speak with you. But I'll, yeah, the, the, the idea of America first, why did this become such a strange idea, right? Why did why did we need to be reminded of this? And, and you see now how, what an influence Donald Trump has had on other world figures like Eric Zemmour in France. I mean, this is a, it, it's very moving. We, we, we believe in nations, right? We believe in nations that, um, nationalism is a good and valuable thing patriotism love of country wow. love of your community love of your family these are all really valuable things so yeah so to say like you know we live here so <laughs> we're going to put this country first why why should that be a strange thing and it's not well, except except to the globalist elitist who have an entirely different plan for it, all of us. It, right. It's a strange thing if you don't love America. That's yeah. Those are the people to whom it's strange. It's like, why would we put America first? We don't like this country. Yeah. Yeah. Lee, as but always. God bless America and God bless you, Lou. Thank you so much for bringing me on. Always really a huge treat. Thank you. God bless you, Lee. Lee Smith. And be with us tomorrow when our guest will be General Michael Flynn. The general and I will be talking about Ukraine, Russia, China, Iran, and the greatest scandal in American history. That's tomorrow right here on The Great America Show. Till then, God bless you, and God bless America.